The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon and welcome to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and we are here to help you take control of your own career direction, your career advancement, whatever that might look like for you. So this show has been talking about job search, career advancement, leadership, and all of those topics to provide you with the tools that you need to get ahead in today's fast-paced world. So we've been talking about some topics um, around leadership. It's been a little while since we talked leadership. So I wanted to launch today into what is going to be a two-part series here on coaching techniques, coaching basics, if you will. And, you know, they always do this fun little disclaimer at the very beginning that what I say has nothing to do with Voice America. And I'm going to do a little disclaimer that today we're going to talk about some of the International Coach Federation guidelines. They're called competencies. And I'm going to give you some of my interpretations of those things or how I implement those things. Of course, what I'm going to say is not necessarily exactly aligned with everything that the ICF says, but I think it will give you some good information and good food for thought. Now, before you turn us off because you're not a manager or you don't think you do coaching, I just want to say that a lot of what we're going to talk about is just good communication skills. So if you are wanting to move into management, if you are in management, or even if you're in a leadership position in a different type of organization, volunteer, whatever that might look like, these are some good basic things for us to do and some great skills to start working on to improve our ability to get the best out of other people, really. And so, Interestingly, the first thing that we've got to discuss here is the difference between coaching, consulting, counseling, and psychotherapy. All very confusing, right? Especially in states where some people can use those words without any training, like the wonderful state of Colorado where you can be a psychotherapist without any training and and you can even use the term counselor without Um, training as long as you're not saying you're certified. So it all gets very confusing, right? And to know the ethical guidelines for all of those things would be much beyond what you need as a manager or a 
a non-professional, right? But it is important to understand what the difference between some of these things are, even if you're just a consumer, right? So let's talk about these things for a little bit. So coaching is a is a relationship and this is the definition from the coach federation that professional coaching is an ongoing professional relationship that helps people produce extraordinary results in their lives careers businesses or organizations through the process of coaching clients deepen their learning improve their performance and enhance their quality of life okay that just sounds like a sales pitch right not really a definition In each meeting, the client chooses the focus of conversation while the coach listens and continues observations and questions. This interaction creates clarity and moves the client into action. Coaches accelerate the learning. The client's progress by providing greater focus and awareness of choice. Coaches concentrate on where clients are now and where they're willing to get and where they want to be in the future. ICF member coaches and ICF credentialed coaches recognize that results are a matter of client intention, choice, and action supported by the coach's efforts and application of the coaching process. So this tells us that when we go to a coach, there's a process. When we go to a coach, that process is, as they're defining it here, fairly unstructured. Most of the career coaches that I know use more structure, have more of a structured process to work people through the process, depending on what they're going for. But it means that you as a manager are indeed probably coaching when you talk to employees and you're asking questions and you're helping them discover what the right answer is for them. That's one of the keys to to it being coaching is that you're eliciting client-generated solutions and strategies. That's coaching. Consulting is where you are providing answers as a subject matter expert. And so, especially in the career world, those two things get intermixed quite often because there's only so much coaching we can do in some areas, and then we have to put on a consulting hat and move into that role because there are some things that we can teach around or provide consulting around interviewing, right? We want to provide some of that expertise to people in addition to asking good coaching questions. So oftentimes if you work with a career professional, you'll find them going between the two of those, and you as a manager might have to Right, go between some kind of teaching or instruction and coaching or asking questions. And it might be great for you to let an individual know when you're going to do that. Can I share with you some of my insights? Or this seems like it might be a good time to share with you some of the company's thoughts around that. Right, If you're going to share some company information or some structured feedback, while you're in a coaching session, that's a good thing to help share. Then we get into the whole world of of psychotherapy and counseling. And psychotherapy and counseling typically go into the past, although there are many modes of counseling, solution-focused and brief being two that I was trained in, that are fairly similar to coaching. But obviously, they 
come from a different method and they take different types of trainings to be able to execute. But if someone tells you they're a coach or a counselor, there usually is some training behind that, right? You want to know that that person has some training behind that. And if you're thinking about improving your coaching skills as a manager, there may be some great books you want to read. We'll talk some more about some of those and or you might want to get some training in coaching so that you can do some of these skills a little bit more professionally in your interactions with those that you're trying to coach, whether they be subordinates or team members or if you're going to be coaching other people within the organization these would be great skills to have. But that's the first thing that we've got to realize if we're going to be doing some coaching is what's that difference and how do we know what we're doing and and then what might be the the issues that we are prepared to coach around and what might be the issues that we're not prepared to coach around. And so if you're a manager, especially that would be a good conversation to have with your HR person, right? When you're in a meeting with an employee, what is appropriate for you to offer coaching around and what things need to be referred to HR or to refer to HR that then they might refer out even further. Those conversations are very important if you're especially a new manager, but even if you've been a manager for a while, make sure you understand what the bounds of the coaching issues are that you want to have the conversation around with your peers your team, or whoever it is that you're coaching internally. So then we're thinking about, okay, we know what we're doing. We're going to coach one of our employees. Maybe they're having some performance issues. Maybe they are dealing with a new position and they're trying to learn, whatever it might be. The first thing, and this is where I think most, and and this is actually a counseling basic as well as a coaching basic and that's where most of us fail when we do fail and and all of us do fail at this occasionally is establishing the ground rules or the coaching agreement or the goals of your work with that person so if you're going to be meeting with an employee and that employee thinks you're meeting to go through their performance review and you're actually having the approach that you're going to go into it as a coaching session to improve their performance, we want to make sure that the parties are on the same page as quickly as possible. So they're not feeling like they've been led astray or whatever that might be. So when you're starting this relationship with someone or you have a new person, new team member, and they're coming into your office, to just be clear about what it is that you're going to be discussing together, what it is that you're... And then sometimes it's just even logistics. How long will you be meeting with them? What are their responsibilities? What are your responsibilities? What is what is What are you going to be discussing, right? That agreement between the two of you. And of course, if you're an external coach, there's more there in terms of payment and those sorts of things. But you just want to be clear that the two of you are on the same page from the beginning. That gets very closely related to the next piece of our 
coaching skills here, which is the ability to establish trust. This is oftentimes why people bring in external coaches into an organization is because there are some issues where it's difficult for the manager to coach the employee, right? Performance-related things can do well in some ways with an internal coach, but then there might be some performance issues where an external coach can build more trust because that person is not worried about what they are saying impacting their job, right? And so this trust is one of the things that is a foundation to success in coaching. That ability to to really believe that the person is capable and you really can't build trust very well if you don't hold that belief. And again, this is where a lot of managers get themselves in trouble when they're trying to coach is if you don't come into it with the belief that the client, that the team member, whoever it is that you're working with, is capable, you'll have a hard time building that trust. And again, an external coach might be a good idea or just being very clear about that in your own mind that for this to be successful, you have to believe that your team member is capable and that they have the answers they need, right? That you maybe need to provide a little bit of this or that that they can learn and that, again, you're stepping into that consulting role, but that you really know that they have the skills to learn, they have the skills they need to be successful, and you're just there to guide them. Otherwise, it's training, right? And training might be done separately from this coaching relationship. So that trust is also important that obviously you have some existing relationship with that person. And so it may take a little while before you can really get into coaching with a new team member. And that there's some kind of confidentiality for that individual. And that may be that you know, you're, you're understanding that they're, they're learning, they're growing, and this is a safe place, if you will, for them to do that. Again, might be challenging, but the more that you can set that tone within your business environment and within even peer-to-peer relationships at work, the better off you'll be at building those relationships and being able to have an impact on the other person's behavior. So we're going to take a short break here and we'll come back in just a few minutes and continue talking about these basic coaching skills that you can use to help influence your team, influence your peers and advance your career. We'll be back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series on Industry Cloud Trends. Join us to learn about the next wave of industry-specific solutions moving into the cloud. Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about coaching skills for managers or peer coaching if you are trying to advance your career these are some great things for you to have in your toolbox so we've talked a little bit about kind of that foundation of making sure that you understand the difference between coaching counseling psychotherapy and consulting and then understanding that to get off on a good start, really with any relationship, but especially one where you're going to be doing some coaching with an individual, is to understand the goals, the relationship, how you're going to work together, how all of those boundaries are going to be set, logistics, scheduling, but also the outcomes and the process, right? How is that going to go? And to definitely not try to start a coaching relationship without the client understanding that that's what you're doing, right? Or the team member understanding that that's what you're doing. And I think that happens sometimes in performance reviews where maybe the team member even should expect some coaching, but reviews never really go that way. So when it actually does happen, you can catch them off guard. Then we've talked a little bit about establishing trust and just realizing that for any kind of change, behavior change to happen, you have to have trust. And for that to happen, going in with the approach that the team member is capable, that they're capable of learning, that they're capable of doing things the way you want them to, you just have to share those expectations, going in with that belief will be a lot better off for all of you in terms of getting to that trust and eventually that change. Then working through and making sure that um, both of you are maintaining the agreement that you set, right? So that 
that honesty, that integrity that that all of us have, right? And we also know that it takes very few mistakes to erode that. And when you're in a coaching relationship with someone, that can happen even quicker. And it's going to stall out your ability to make change with that person. So if you are a manager, you're working with a team member, it'll be even more important to make sure that you're doing what you say you'll do and all of those great things that we know we need to do when we're trying to build a relationship with someone. One of the things that I think this world makes it difficult for us to do is ICF competency number four, which is to be present. And I would say in all of our relationships, whether it's with our spouses, our loved ones, our kids, our team members, our peers, that's the case for most of us all the time. And it's even more important when we're in some kind of a coaching relationship and we're trying to help someone change, right? Help someone achieve their goals. We have to be present. And so if you are a manager and you're doing some coaching, that should be a time that your phone is turned off, right? Where your assistant or whoever it is that, that helps you manage such things knows that there's, there's no calls, that your door is closed, and that your focus is that employee that you're working with. There's nothing that can undermine your integrity, which we were just talking about, faster than having someone walk through your door while you're doing that type of session, answering the phone while you're doing that type of, of work with a, a team member. It's very important that that, that that confidence is maintained, which requires that you're present, right? And the other part of being present is that you can execute some of the other skills that we're going to continue talking about that are very difficult if you aren't present, right? And and some of the little things that are kind of rolled into this competency that are good for us to talk about are being open to sharing in counseling. They call it immediacy, right? But the being okay with sharing some things from your world and your perspective when it makes sense, when it adds value, when it might further the learning, or when it's getting in the way of the relationship, right? So if someone is saying something that doesn't fit with what you've experienced with them before, or that doesn't fit for some other reason, immediacy would be, you know, can I share, and you ask, can I share with you what I've seen in the past, or can I share with you what that brings up? For me, but again, we have to be careful with that and do it when it makes sense, not when it's going to get in the way, but to not continue on with the conversation and kind of faking that we didn't hear something or that we didn't feel something. If there can be learning that would be gained from that sharing. So a lot of counseling words for those of you who are (laughs) not into such things, perhaps, but it's very important when you are trying to help someone make change, 
that you are genuine yourself. And I know people overuse that word, but it is important if you're going to be coaching a team member that you're there, that you're there and you're actually thinking about how things are resonating not just with them, but with you. So when we're thinking about being present, part of what helps us do that, and it's also a, a separate competency all by itself, is what we call active listening. Now, lots of people think they do active listening because they're active while they listen. That's not what it means, right? Active listening means that we're actually focused on what the other person is saying, so much so that we can understand the meaning and reflect it back, not just in a parroting way, but reflect it back with additional feedback, learning, and understanding. That takes real listening, right? That takes really understanding what's being said and what's not being said. And of course, that's even harder when someone's over the phone. And that requires us to really be present, right? We're present so that then we can really listen and share back what that person has said, paraphrasing, reiterating, mirroring back in some way that you understand while building on that, acting on that, adding on to it, and clarifying, right? A lot of times this is the great place where you're reflecting something back and the person says, oh no, that's not what I meant. And if the coach is present and, and and okay with that, right, then we can say, oh, okay, tell me what you did mean. It's not a, no, it's not a bad thing, right? That, that increases everyone's learning. And a lot of times it's not because that's not what they said. It's just what they didn't mean, right? That's good coaching. And if you're a manager and you're working with a team member, this can be one of the most powerful things because it shows that you're actually listening, and very few people feel listened to by their managers, right? It's one of the top reasons people leave is because they don't have a good relationship with their manager. And just adding a few of these little pieces, even if you're not doing some kind of formal coaching with a team member, adding a few of these little skills might change that. It might turn around the performance of a team member or it might keep a good team member on the team instead of leaving just by executing a few of these little things. And active listening is probably the biggest one. To really feel heard and to really feel like someone understood what you said. And that if you get it wrong and they say, oh, no, that's not what I meant, that you then listen to what they say again. And some of these questions... Um, come from, I'm pretty sure that some of these come from Susan Whitcomb, who we talked to about a year ago around some of the leadership topics. But just to think about if someone is, if one of your team members is telling you something, here are some other questions you might ask, right? What's, What's their perception? How do they perceive X, Y, or Z? Say more about that. What was that experience like? You mentioned X, Y, or Z. 
what would you like to hear, learn more about? What might they want to do on a project? Right? It's just simple questions. But the idea is that we're looking for opportunities to ask those questions because we are active listening. And we're actively listening in a way that enables us to take the conversation to a deeper place. And doing it in a way that that helps them do that, right? Now, one of the things I love, and I know this came from Susan, that if someone's telling you a long story and you're listening and you maybe reflect back a little bit of that, this one needs to be used with the right tone. But can you bottom line that? Or it sounds like the bottom line is... Or here's what I got in terms of the bullet points on that, right? So that you're giving it back to them very short, which can be great, especially for a team member who's new. You're kind of summing it up. You're giving them the thesis. You're giving them that bottom line. That can be very powerful because they know they were heard. If And if you didn't get the bottom line right, again, they'll say, oh, no, I see that it maybe is this, and that's okay. You're showing that you're listening, you're you're summarizing, you're reflecting back, and and taking it to the a deeper level maybe for them in the way that they're thinking. So this competency here, this active listening, leads us into the next one, and those are probably the well maybe the three most important ones, right? We've got establishing trust. Active listening, which actually also helps you establish trust. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about powerful questioning. So we're going to take a break here, and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, And today we're talking about core coaching skills for you as a manager or if you're doing some peer coaching or maybe even just want to improve your relationships in the workplace. So we've been talking about a few of the basic competencies through the International Coach Federation and talked a little bit about establishing the agreement, understanding what your goals are with the other person that you're working with, establishing trust and some of the ways that that you want to do that as a manager, having presence, so being present in your conversation with any person you're trying to influence, really, right? If you're trying to influence or gain the ability to influence anyone, that ability to be present when you're with them is really one of the keys to many different things, even when they talk about charisma, a lot of that comes from being present with the other person that you're with. And then we talked about active listening and that ability to build trust and to be able to make change and and to really help others feel heard, which a lot of times can create change all by itself in that you are reflecting back providing good questions that help them hear what they're saying through your ears, right? And so that leads us into the next competency, which is really all around powerful questions. And, you know, I kind of laugh and say this sometimes that I feel like I have a degree in asking questions because a lot of counseling that's what it is right asking good questions how do you get people to see what they're thinking to process their own stuff and in some of the work I do how do you get them to tell the stories of their accomplishment when a lot of times those are not on the tip of their tongue, they've been beat down, all of those things. Well, you as a manager are going to face some of the same issues, right? Where you've, you have an individual that maybe even you're wondering, what are they thinking, right? Well, that's what this coaching process is really all about, is to help you understand what they're thinking and then to be able to pull out some of those things so that they can see what they're thinking because they might not even know, right? And so the question that people often get in trouble with is the why, right? And so when you're questioning and you're talking to an individual to help come to a mutual understanding, you want to try to avoid the why, And it's typically our first reaction is to go to why, right? Why are you doing that? Why why are you thinking like that? Why do you think that's going to work? And all of those questions have a very distinct tone that usually doesn't build trust or 
allow for exploration in any way. And so what questions are really good? What questions actually typically keep you out of the most trouble? Right? So what did you think about that? What's the what's the truth? What would someone else say is the truth? What's your perspective? What what did you see happening in that situation? All of those uh, questions, right? And we talked about already what are some different perspectives on something. But it's that ability to ask questions that help both people get to what is underlying the situation, right? It's that ability to ask questions that really deepen the conversation that can help you get through to someone. And, you know, I, I think this is funny, and I think I've talked about it before, but I, I know some engineering people who read Dale Carnegie, and Dale Carnegie also talks about asking questions, right? And when you do that, you'll be amazed at the difference that you'll get instead of that accusatory or even some of the, you know, whys, which usually are accusatory, if we can ask the what, right? What was the result of doing this? What was the thought here? What was the process that, that you went through to, to decide to go in this direction? What were you hoping might happen? What did you need to be able to do it differently? All of those questions that will help you really remove yourself from it and let that person tell you what's there for them. Then you can help find the resources or the information that they need to fix it, right? When you know why they're doing something, you can provide resources. Unfortunately, asking why usually doesn't get to the why. Asking why usually gets to defensiveness, right? And so it's asking some of those what questions. Now, this is one of my least favorite things that especially happens, I found in counseling, not as much in coaching, but when people are over-reliant on coaching, or I mean, sorry, on questions, and they don't offer any kind of feedback or reflection or statements, it, that doesn't work, right? And when someone's really asking for some kind of feedback, it's good to know when to ask a question because giving feedback won't really get what they need and when to provide that feedback because it really is what they need. And that's going to take some time. That takes some practice to know what the difference is there because a lot of times people ask for feedback when they don't really want it. And a lot of times people ask for feedback and what they really need is to dig deeper into where they're coming from before they get that feedback, right? So open-ended questions, what, how, we're being careful with the why, 
and watching for questions that you can answer with yes or no, right? Those are the closed-ended questions. Sometimes they're needed, but most of the time when you're, when you're coaching, you're trying to help someone uncover and make change, it's those open-ended questions. So what are they hoping to get from the new position? What do they want to learn? What did they learn in the situation that just went bad? Right, All of those things where you could tell someone what they should have learned or you could tell someone what they're going to get. But if we have them create it on their own, it's so much more powerful. And this is the, like pretty much the whole premise, at what I saw anyways, to the book What Got You Here Isn't Going to Get You There. It's not the exact title, but thinking about how as a coach, as a leader, it's so much more powerful to have people invested in their own ideas than to give your ideas and hope that they'll do it the way you wanted them to, right? And good questioning is what helps marry those two. Good questioning is what helps it become their idea, even though you might be able to provide some guidance in how they get there or provide some guidance in how they think through it. That's the power as a leader, right? That's the ability to make that marriage work between what they want to do and what they'll be invested in and where the company needs to go or where your team needs to go or the project needs to go. Being able to ask those questions to fully come up with a a plan that's theirs, not yours, right? So kind of on the opposite side of that, questions are direct communications, right? The ability to communicate effectively and use language that has that has an impact because you're articulate in sharing feedback. So we are thinking about how can we ask good questions and then give some feedback that is that is going to be helpful, right? Giving feedback that's not going to create defensiveness or any of those kinds of reactions. And again, that takes some time so that we can help them feel heard. We're asking good questions. And then we can provide some feedback. And we're really giving that feedback in that trusting relationship. And I think that, again, is where we sometimes misstep, is that we give feedback before we've built the trust, or we give feedback and we've lost track of our belief that the person is smart and capable of learning and all of those good things. Or when we're giving feedback and we haven't been actively listening all of those things get us in trouble when we get to that place of giving feedback. But we do eventually, in all of our, our coaching, want to give some kind of, of feedback into what we're hearing, what we what we can describe it, and or and helping them capture what they're saying. A great way for some of these is is metaphors or analogies to illustrate a a point or to have some kind of a, to paint a picture for someone of what we're seeing 
And of course, those I statements can really be helpful here when we use them sparingly because we are not putting anything on them. We're just sharing our feedback. A little bit more advanced, um, probably something that takes takes a little bit of practice there. The good part maybe is that when you're giving feedback, you'll know right away if you're if you have trust, you'll know right away if you need to rephrase it next time next time and you can keep growing your own skills in that area because that'll be challenging. So we're going to take a short break again here and we'll come right back and finish up talking about our coaching skills for success in the workplace. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about coaching skills for success in the workplace And we've gone through some of the ICF, International Coach Federation, core skills, competencies that they want coaches to have. Now, obviously, not all of you need to become ICF credentialed coaches. If you're a manager, there's just some things that you might think about in your conversation with your team members to improve your interactions, right? Making sure that you've been clear about what the relationship's going to look like if you're going to do some coaching performance or otherwise that you're focused on establishing trust in that relationship coming into it with the mindset that that person is capable of doing the job of making the change of learning right if you're going to coach someone's performance it's good to believe that they can be coached right that you're present in that 
relationship and in those meetings that you're asking good, that you're listening. Sorry, first we're listening. Then we're asking great questions. We're asking questions that expand the thoughts. We're asking questions that dig deeper into the thinking process. And we're avoiding questions that that can be condemning or, you know, kind of um, accusatory. Usually those aren't really questions. They're statements hidden as questions. And we're, we're using some direct communication. We're providing clear feedback, using analogies, using the language that's appropriate for that, that team member or client, and sharing what we're hearing. All of this is, is the purpose of all of this is to create awareness, right? The purpose of all of this is to go beyond what's being said and ask questions that that add understanding or awareness or clarity, asking those questions or, or making statements that really help people discover what they're thinking. And again, I think we all think we know what we're thinking, but a lot of times we we're not really conscious of it, right? We're not really conscious of how we're perceiving something, how we're thinking about something. And that's also where we're either through questions or, or appropriate feedback, providing some perspectives that can be added to that and helping people see how their behavior, kind of that cause and effect, right? That cause and effect between their their behavior and what's happening that, that a lot of people have trouble with and in any certain situation. I think we all have trouble with in some situations, right? We don't see that how we're related to the cause and effect or we don't see that how we could change it. And that's what we're doing through this process is asking questions that will reveal that for the person versus telling them, you know, it's because you did this that that's happening. That typically won't result in as long-term of behavior change as helping them discover it for themselves. Hard part about that for managers, of course, is that it takes more quote-unquote time to do that the first time. But if we don't have to do it over and over again, we don't have to train a new employee because that one left because we weren't really listening to what was going on. And sometimes the answers to these questions, especially as a manager, can surprise us, right? And when we hear the answer to the question, it may even change the, the way we're thinking. And as a good coach, a good, a good manager, that's part of that trust, too, is being open to the fact that, that we're going to learn. And that it may not be what we think it is either. And then after we have that discovery and we've asked our good questions and we've listened to what's going on, then, and and this is good coaching, we're designing some kind of action with our participant, right? With your team member, you're designing some kind of action. What do they want to happen next? And how will they go about making that happen? Now, this is where many of us as independent coaches get ourselves in trouble, right? Because the actions are just like anything else, best if they're designed by the client and and taken by the client. And we're just there to debrief and provide feedback 
And so how can you, as a manager, help your your team member design actions that will help them learn, help them achieve the goals that, that you all have co-decided on, right? What actions can you guide them in taking that will help lead them towards that? And for each time that you meet, each time that you're working with a team member, that you leave with those actions, right? That they leave with those actions and that they understand what those actions are. And one of my uh, colleagues does this, and I think it's a great practice at some point. I'll have to create an action item for myself to do it for my clients, is to have them send you those action items. Instead of you sending them those action items in an an email or whatever it might be, that after you meet, they send you an email with those action items so that they really own it. They're their actions. If they forgot about something, of course, you, you could respond and say, what what was this action item or did this action item end up not not fitting for you just want to make sure that i understand where you're going you can clarify that that those actions are really owned by the employee they're really owned by the team member who's taking those on and that of course those actions are befitting to whatever system you use where they're 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 appropriate, right? They're appropriate in the setting. So you're helping that people that person come up with actions and some kind of goals. And so as they're creating their actions, you're you're setting some kind of goal for the week. And of course those goals want to adhere to some kind of smart system, right? Are they specific, measurable, actionable? realistic, timely, and how can you help them create a plan that is concrete, but again, it's their plan, and and they, they own it, which means that they obviously know they can make changes as they need to, but it's clear from the beginning. And if it's appropriate to help them identify barriers or resources however deep you need to go in that planning process so that you actually know it can happen and and they actually know it can happen. And again, one of the strongest things that I've had colleagues do in this area is, you know, if a client says they want to call so-and-so and, and set up a meeting, that they actually do it in the coach's office. So if you're meeting with a, a team member who wants to schedule a class or wants to do something and there's some kind of barrier for them, perceived or real, maybe they just do it there, right? If they need to call and set up a meeting with HR, they just do it from your office when it's appropriate. Or if they need to set up a time to talk to another team member you help them craft that email right there in your in your office or the script for the phone call so that it's really you're really making progress right you're really getting something done and for those things where you think there may be barriers it may make the most sense just to do it together 
they're taking the lead, they're doing the action, but you're there to help. And then, of course, the last thing that we want to do is to be able to to manage progress and, and have some accountability with them and and do that in a way that honors all the rest of the process, right? We don't, if we're doing performance coaching, our process needs to, to honor our agreement from the beginning on how we were going to work together. All of those things need to align. And that you're asking them how they would, if it's appropriate, asking them how they would like to be held accountable. Does it make sense for them to email you the results next week? Does it make sense to meet again? How will it best work for them to be held accountable for whatever actions they've decided to take? And again, all of that is them. They're being held accountable for actions they wanted to take and how does it work for them to, to have that happen? Maybe a different approach than you're used to taking as a manager where some of those things are prescribed. But when it's appropriate, you might try it and see the different results that you get. So we've gone through the kind of the basics, some of the skills here. Next week, we're going to go through some more of the coaching and expand it a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the different coaching methods that you can use, some of the other great questions that you can ask to make this happen. We're going to be talking about coactive coaching and how that can be helpful if you're in an organization. And we'll also talk about some more specific coaching. So if you're into coaching or want to understand how you can use that to improve and advance your career and your leadership, hope you'll join us right back here next week on The Career Confidant, and you're always welcome to connect with me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.